episode where we're, first of all, it's 2020. I can't believe it. 2020, um, first show of the year. And we have Amy Herberger with us. Amazing. Yay. Welcome, Amy. Hi, thank you. Thank you. So, guys, we were playing around with the sound. It might be me. I uh, I did get a new computer, but I haven't like changed my setup yet to move down to the new computer. <laughs> so, I have a computer in a different room right now. I'm still on my old uh, laptop. So, we'll see. I don't know if, who the sound is coming from, but we're having uh, echoes and things. So. We'll do our best, but uh, that's why we're a couple minutes late. We were trying to fix the sound quality. But uh, anyway, so welcome back. Um, thank you guys all for being here. We have so many people in the chat. So Amy, you really brought a big crowd with you today. Oh, great. That's great. <laughs> so thank you, Brad. Thank yes. you, Ian, Teresa, uh, Joanne, so many people. So, Christina, welcome back. I know you just had came back from a vacation. Yeah, first time I think in my entire life, like working life, that I've ever taken three weeks off of work for vacation. So it was weird. <laughs> it was it was needed, but it was weird. So it was a promise that I made to my family and friends a few months ago that, you know, because I was working a lot, as we all do during quarter four. And uh, I said, Okay, come Christmas, I'm going to take a few weeks off. And they, they held me to it. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, well, we are so happy to have you back. We definitely all missed you. So, yeah. It's but I'm so being, being away for three weeks, you feel like you've been gone forever. There's like the merch world moves so fast, you know. Yeah. And so, well, we're glad to have you back, but glad you got a nice vacation. And, Amy, how about you? How was your vacation? Um, it's still, I didn't really take a vacation, but okay. my daughter's home with me on break. Um, she's here until next week, uh, Wednesday, and then she flies back to school just so she can start getting acclimated with everything and beats Buffalo. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, before her uh, next term starts. So, you know, just been like laying low and, you know, taking the day as it comes. So awesome. You must be so proud of her. I am. I am. Her, so, her first year, right? Yes. Yes. So we survived the first semester, or I did at least. I know she's she's doing very well. She's really adjusting to the city and you know meeting new people and the course load and everything else. So I'm I'm happy that she's happy. Awesome, that's awesome. Well, Amy, you have been such an inspiration to so many people in the merch community. Um, so I just really want to thank you for everything you've done. And uh, just thank you for being here. Um, and we usually just kind of start with just a background of you. Okay. So you have like just done so well with print on demand. Did you, how did it start? Like, how did you find out about merch? Did you have a graphic design background? I mean, I've been drawing since I was a little kid. Um, that's pretty much like how I spent my, um, that's Willow. Um. <laughs> But anyway, um, no, I've been drawing since I was a little girl. That was how I spent like any free time that I had. My mom wanted me to go to school for art. I said, I don't want to be like a broke starving artist. So I went to school for business. 
Um, I worked in the corporate world up until 2011 when I was downsized. Took well, between my severance and my savings because so many people in the mortgage industry were getting um, having like reductions in force. I knew it was going to be coming eventually. So I put as much money away as I could because it's just me and my daughter. You know what I mean? I couldn't be without the income plus my severance and unemployment. I looked into going back into the corporate world, but at the same time, I was like, well, let me see if I can do eBay full time because I've been doing it since she was like a year old, my daughter. Um, and then it turned into me finding wholesalers and um, I was specializing in Victoria's Secret Pink for years. Um, and then wow. my supplier went dry and that's not an easy product to, you know, like get like obtain. Um, so I started thrifting. I learned about drop shipping. I started doing a little bit of Amazon and I met, you know, I started following Chris Green and then Chris Green kept talking about merge. So I signed up, put it on the back burner, uploaded like one shirt in November just because he kept like posting about it. And um, when I heard Daniel Caldwell's interview in January of 2016, where he was already making like 10K a month, I'm like, why can't I do that? So that's when I really, really started taking it seriously. So, and that's my merch story. Um, I I don't think I realized that it started with eBay and all of that. Maybe mm -hmm. I didn't, I just forgot. But so you were in the mortgage industry, is that what you said? Mm -hmm. And you, so you stopped in 2009. 11. 11. Mm -hmm. Okay. So after the housing crisis, I got in during that time. So I don't know if you knew that I was in, I was a manager at a bank okay. and then um, all the loan officers were leaving because it was the housing crisis. And for some reason I decided it was a good time to get in and it ended up being okay because it was the beginning of refinances. Okay. Um, so there was like several, several years where everybody was refinancing their house and there was like streamlined refinances and things right. like that. So I ended up uh, having a quite a few good years there because there was like hardly any loan officers. <laughs> so, oh, they were probably like, they all lost their jobs probably for a while. So I yeah. and risk because I oversaw, I was like an office manager. I wasn't mm -hmm. doing processing at the time. I have that in my background, but um I had overseen four reductions in force. So I transferred out to um, IT and security in a different division. Um, and then we got a new CFO. And the first thing he did was like cut heads. So even though I had the tenure with the company, I was still one of the first people in that division. So it was like last in, first out. So, but then I did the eBay thing and I did exceptionally well, like pretty much immediately fell on my face when I needed to have more than one supplier. Um, I found that out the hard way, but um, it was a really rocky couple of years. I had just gotten my eBay business like back up to like a six figure a year business when merch came in. So it was like, I did have the time to dedicate because I already had rebuilt eBay. So it was, it was perfect timing. I just didn't think it would turn into this. So. It's it's been so exciting to see your journey, and um, I found out about it the same time from Chris Green, um, but I did not take action right away like you did. It took me. I was doing FBA, and it took over a year before I really. I think I uploaded the first shirt right before a year because uh, 
I think they started closing accounts oh, down and it was really? over a year. I think I made it by like two or three weeks. I made the cut line of like just before a year. Um, but yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you thought about merch when it first came out. Like, did you um, think it was going to be anything? I'll be honest. I mean, honestly, yeah, I kind of did just because of Daniel's success. Because I don't think he had been in POD prior to merch to begin with. Um, and it's Amazon. Do you know what I mean? I think anything right. you mark or stamp on it, it's going to do exceptionally well. Um, so I didn't see um, consistent sales till I, I don't know, maybe like April, March or April of 2016. Um, so about, I don't know, five or six months in it when I was start, and I was a tier 500. I do remember that. Um, but I still don't think we've even seen like a quarter of what's coming. So really, I really, I really believe that. I mean, we're only going on five years this year, which is crazy if you think about it. But um, I definitely think that there's a lot more coming our way personally. So. Wow. I'm so happy to hear that because sometimes I feel like I talk about merch so much and I'm, I'm, I'm like, am I crazy? Like everybody else is like not talking about it as much. Huh? So I'm really happy to hear that you think it's still pretty early oh, on I too. It's still a viable platform. I do suggest diversifying just because getting that additional money and then additional experience on other PODs will help you, you know what I mean, regardless of what happens with merch. So Right. Absolutely. Well, so that's such good news. So merch is growing. Um, I, you, I know you do KDP a lot too. Mm -hmm. So KDP, that's another way to diversify. It's still, yeah. you still can use your print on demand skills, but it's, you know, on journals and books. and right. right. And that's like really endless too. I mean, when you really like think about how many interiors you can get out of one design, it's yeah. in, like, you could, I don't think, you, I think you could upload for a hundred years and still never hit like every single possible interior. So that's definitely something I hope people are jumping on if they haven't already. So I think that's a very good point where I feel the same way where I'm like, it's so limitless. Like I can't even imagine, but so many people think that there's like a limit. Like they feel like KDP is already getting saturated. They feel like merch is saturated. I feel like, like I just got teared up to 10K not that long ago. And I'm like, I, I feel like I have enough designs to fill up hundreds of that, like a hundred K at least. So to me, it doesn't feel like, like, I don't feel like there's any time I'm going to run out of designs or run out of ideas. Um, I always think, like, who cares if it's saturated? I mean, I've always, and I, I'm, I sound so repetitive saying it, but I always say, like, who's to say your stuff isn't going to blow what's currently there out of the water? Like, I could care a lot. I could not care less how saturated a niche is, how saturated, um, you know, a certain interior is on KDP. I mean, I'm dominating one particular interior on KDP that I really only started working on in May. Like my stuff pops up, you know what I mean? Like immediately and I'm not adds to it. So like anybody can come in and swoop in, you know, knock me off. You know what I mean? And like take my place on that first page. It's, you know, it's possible for everybody. So Christina, Absolutely. I see you nodding your head. What do you? Yeah, I'm just taking it all in. Anytime Amy speaks, oh, I'm just like absorbing it like a sponge. <laughs> so she's she's one of the 
the, the first people that I followed in merch, wow. you know, it was kind of, it was kind of a merch girl boss group and merch money. And those were the two areas. And it was just awesome to see, you know, strong women doing well at this who didn't have like any of this experience before, you know, that they, they had corporate jobs. So, right, right. Or stay-at-home moms, yeah. senior citizens. I mean, this yes. anybody can do this. Like, that's what makes it so amazing. Um, yeah, so I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just sitting back here, just taking it all in, making notes. <laughs> So, yeah, it's been so fun to watch both of you. Like Christina, uh, I met Christina at our very first Columbus meetup, which by the way, guys, we're having another one on Saturday. If you haven't seen it, uh, the link is in the description. Um, but you, I mean, you have just started and now you've just blown up and grown so much. So neither one of you I ever hear like complain about anything. So do you guys feel like that is one of the traits of people that are successful, that they just don't ever complain about anything? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, and I'll take it back to the corporate world. I was just talking to one of my friends about this the other day. Um, there always used to be that like group of, I hate to say it, like older middle-aged women. I mean, I'm middle-aged myself now too, um, but, um, but we're always griping and complaining that had never advanced they were still stuck but I can guarantee it's because either they didn't believe they could they made excuses or they were blaming other people and I think that the people that get caught in that center by their own I mean by their own choices end up getting caught in that negativity um, that's just my personal experience um, I think that you have to try to look at the good in everything and I think that's what helps catapult your success is looking for the silver lining, I guess. In a nutshell. So what about you, Christina? Completely agree. I've kind of always been that way. It's like, you know, I'm not going to waste my time complaining about things that I can't control. And I feel like if you, if you focus on the negative, you lose, you just, you miss out on so much, you lose time, it's not efficient. But if you can keep focusing on the positive, and it just, I don't know, I feel like it propels you forward. It's the right yeah. mindset to be in. So. It's something you have to train yourself to do. Like, um, when I was first self-employed, I had a couple of years where I would like freak out if I didn't have sales for a certain day. You know, and I wasn't looking at the whole week. Um, yeah. like with eBay and I started saying, okay, well, maybe I might not sell a lot on Wednesday, but I'll make up for it on Thursday. Do you know what I mean? So as long as I was still looking at my overall weekly totals, um, it just, it made everything, it reinforced that I was doing okay. And yeah. I, I mean, being self-employed, I'm sure you guys can understand. Um, when you work for somebody else, you're at their mercy. If you're going to get a raise, if you're going to get a bonus, Whereas now, I mean, we can upload the hell out of, you know, stuff, mark things on sale and Etsy just to reap that additional income. And so I think we have more control over uh, when we're doing these online ventures um, than you would anywhere else. So, and the positivity helps. Yeah. Yes. I completely, no, I, I, yeah, it's completely agree. Yeah. Yep, that's what I was going to say. I completely agree. And also, 
I think another thing, I mean, both of you had success so fast that you, you probably didn't have to do this, but for me, it took longer. And it never was a idea of like, oh, this must not work. It was like, what do I need to do to get better? Right. And I think that's what a lot of people um, get stuck on. Like if it takes, you know, two seconds to find success, they're like, oh, well, that platform doesn't work. Right. Or they compare themselves to others because everybody has a diff totally different journey. Yeah. Some people that might be spelled for like a year and a half, all of a sudden, you know, come out of the woodworks and they're like killing it. Like a lot of the girls did who moved from merch to really focusing on KDP. I mean, Ariana Marshall, she always did well in merch, but she took over KDP and she's, I mean, like destroying the platform. So and Ariana's uh, watching tonight. So. Oh, hey, hey. So. Congratulations, Ariana. I got to meet her. Um, oh, where was it? Nashville. I got to meet her oh. in Nashville. It wasn't even a meetup. <laughs> it wasn't an official meetup, but she knew I was there. I was there for a, a bachelorette party. Very cool. So. Very cool. Um, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry, guys, about the sound. <laughs> we, we really apologize. Um, okay, what was the other thing uh, we were just talking about? So KDP, um, not comparing yourself, that's a big one. And I know you always talk about that in the Girl Boss group, like never comparing yourself. We're, we all started at different places. We're all on different journeys. Mm -hmm. um, did you ever feel like there was a time where you were struggling in your business and you had to overcome self-doubt or you know, push through a hard time in your business? Yeah, when I lost my supplier on eBay, um, it took me, you have to take in mind, I had to figure out how to thrift and do estate sales and not pick duds and, you know, learn about drop shipping. It was a good, like, two and a half, three years where I was, like, holding on by this, you know, skin of my teeth. And I did not want to go back to the workplace, but I knew I'd do it. But it was... It was a very stressful, um, you know, couple of years in my behalf, but I just kept pushing. I kept, um, it was more active in the eBay, Facebook groups at that point. So I was like listening to what a lot of the other bigger sellers had to say. And then same with Amazon and just using that as guidance and as motivation um, just to keep pushing me through. And um, I know my daughter has always been my biggest motivator. And I knew what I could make online. So that also based on my own experience and then seeing what other people were doing. So I just kept pushing. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of self-doubt and, you know, shit, am I going to be able to make rent this month? Like it was really bad for, you know, a couple of years. So yeah, um, I, I think that's what's important for people to remember because people see like the success now and they feel like, oh, well, it must be easy for her or somehow she's different than me or something like that. And it's just not true. Like most mm -hmm. people go through a period of time of struggle. Like I know very few entrepreneurs that never struggled. Right. I think you have to fall on your face a few times um, yeah. and learn some lessons. Um, like now I will always have more than one supplier. Do you know what I mean? I try to have as many as possible. Um, and even with merch, merch didn't come easy to me either um it was a constant like like snowball um where it was very very little and then it would dip down you know what i mean it was it was a very interesting first year or so on the platform 
I, when I was first starting, when I finally actually got a shirt up, like my first month, I think I made, I forget what it was, like a $5 or something. Like it was very little amount. And I was so excited about merch, but I was talking to FBA sellers where you sell like thousands and thousands a week. So it was like, I was trying to explain my excitement and they're like, well, how much are you making? And I'm like, how do I answer this question? And so it was like a while before I made any kind of money. And they're like, Helen, why are you still excited about this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, don't you guys see? <laughs> but sometimes you just have to like, just put your head down and just don't worry about what other people think. And don't worry about like, if your results aren't good enough, I could tell like this was a big opportunity and I knew I would figure it out eventually. Um, and I just kept going, even though all the FBA sellers were like, you're, you've lost your mind. Like you're not making any money. This is silly. Get back to FBA. And I'm like, no, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> and that's like another thing too. A lot of people have like people in their circle that are naysayers, maybe a spouse, you yeah. know, so forth. my mother who if anybody knew her, like drop dead, but she was even this encouraging, but she's the one who told me, like, you can do this, um, which, you know, then and so she's very like she she's retired now, but she grew, you know, worked herself up in the corporate ladder, you know, businesswoman like J.O.B., you know, self-employment. Um, I'm the first self-employed person in my family since my great grandmother. Um, so it, it isn't normal. You know, it's you get a job, you get your benefits. Yeah. And so forth, but my mom was the one person that said, yeah, you can totally do this. But I know so many other people don't have that support. So sometimes you have to just look at yourself and find it in yourself like you did. So, yeah. So you just want to encourage everyone out there. Like you, first of all, you can do it. And second of all, if you are struggling, like we've all been there, whether in what? this business or other businesses. Um, so once you started having success with merch what what was your days like like did you just do did you keep doing ebay or were you completely focused on merch what was your day-to-day -day like um i was still doing ebay but i'll admit like after the first year when the money was just really starting to come in ebay kind of fell to the wayside and i was spending like literally like sun up to sundown on merch just uploading designing researching um just merch 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 so it was just a lot of hustle um, and I'm refocusing myself this year because I took a lot of last year off to focus on other PODs to get back the basics with merch and spend more time on it. So so your first year, when did you hit 100K? I feel like it was very early. Like, was it no, your first year? it wasn't. Year? It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, okay. Let me think. I met, um, well, I spoke in Seattle in September of what, 2018? So 2018, I had 100K. I was the 10K forever. Um, okay. I believe it was tied into me crossing like the $1 million mark for total sales. Wow. Uh, so I think that's what it correlated with. Um, and there were some rumors that it's because I knew people at March, but I didn't meet anybody from March until that September. So that was, that was earned. But um, yeah, so 2018, 2018, like April or May. Okay. I guess it feels like that was early on to me because I was kind of just getting into like merch because I, I really didn't do anything the first year. And the second year I did, you know, barely anything. Like I didn't really, really start till 2018. Like really, right, really right before I started Merge Money is when I really oh, okay. started taking it seriously. Yeah, I was, I had 
like just hit 2K tier um, before I started Merge Money, which was in uh, April 2018, I think. Yeah. So I, you, you hit 100K pretty soon after that. I guess September, like you said. So six months and after. And April, May, I hit it. Yeah. So. Oh, and I spoke in Seattle in September. Oh, got it. Okay. And so to me, uh, like, I remember a lot of people were like, is that even true? Like, can anybody even do that? So it was, it was cool oh, that you kind of like broke the mold of what people thought was possible. And I think yeah. there's definitely tiers higher than that. You know, oh, of course. Yeah. We're so your sights on and, you know, definitely something to grow, grow towards. So absolutely. What are your goals with Merge? Like, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Do you think you'll still be doing Merge? I think so. I enjoy it. It's um, it's relaxing to me. It's, I mean, obviously I can do the same on like Etsy or KDP with the creative side, but um, I don't I just, I love Merge. That's my heart, I guess, out of all the PODs and out of, I still enjoy going to work every day, even if I'm just like coming down the steps. So. Um, I definitely will still be merging. Um, God knows what it's going to look like, you know, in five to 10 years, but um, I'll be here if it's here, you know what I mean? So yeah, definitely, definitely growing with the platform. So in adjusting and pivoting and making the changes that are necessary as the platform continues to evolve and grow. So what, what changes do you think will be necessary? Um, definitely, I think more artists are flocking to, like actual artists are flocking to a platform. Um, I think people need to focus more on quality than quantity. Um, and just be like, provide people with what they're, what they need um, in the niche that you're serving to and understand that customer base. Um, and I, I really think uh, that, that would be the most helpful. So. So with quality, what, what, like, I know Patty's asking, what are your favorite tools? Is there a certain um, program that you use for designing? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Photoshop okay. right now. So um, I evolved from PicMonkey to GIMP to Photoshop. I'm learning Illustrator and then InDesign as well. Um, and then, you know, Procreate, I'm like dabbling in a little bit, but it's a very different world when you're used to drawing on um, like paper. More this mm -hmm. to doing it digitally, so that's something I'm working on, you know, on the side. So, but Photoshop, I love it. I love it. I was very intimidated by it um, for months, and I put it off for a long time because of that. But once you start getting acclimated, it's it's pretty easy. So, like anything else. Yeah, I love how you keep pushing yourself to reinvent yourself and keep learning. Like you have never, I mean, I don't even know you that well, but the amount of time that I've known you, you've never stopped learning at all. I agree. I think my grandpa always said, make sure you learn something new every day. So I'm definitely like applying that. Um, whether it's just reading an article, you know what I mean? Or a quick post or somebody's comment on a post in a group. Just, yeah, I agree. Just keep learning. And what's interesting to me is, uh, like, I pick up from you that a lot of times things are hard for you. Like, I yeah, kind of are. feel like you, you, you seem like everything would be so easy for you because you've reached such high heights compared to everyone mm -hmm. else. But when you talk about things, you can tell it's really hard for you, and yeah. you push through, which is so fascinating to me. I'm like, wow. Like, I assume everything comes easily to you, and then when I listen to you, I'm like, no, it's really hard for her. Every single thing you've done, you've had to fight for. Right, right. No, exactly. It really is. Um, 
I mean, I tried doing my first design on PowerPoint for merch. Do you know what I mean? That was like an epic fail. But um, (laughs) I'm everything, really. I think anybody can say that about themselves, Um, you know, from the most part that there's a lot of uh, learning and growing and failing um, that you have to do to do well with something, I think. Yeah. But I feel like you also say like you're intimidated by things, which is like, how could she be intimidated? Like, she's so great at everything. But it's like you you were intimidated to start with KDP. Like you're intimidated to learn Procreate, like you're just saying, and you push through. So I, I really think that is amazing. Do you have any tips for people when they feel like that? So when they feel like, OK, this is too hard for me. I'm intimidated by this. What kind of what do you do to push through that? I always look at it um, and I always tell my daughter this, too. If she's struggling with something. Like you had to learn how to walk, learn how to feed yourself. Do you know what I mean? And those things, learn how to drive. And those things were scary as hell at one point. But eventually with practice and learning and, you know, making some mistakes and errors and learning from that, you figured it out. So that's really what I keep in the front of my mind when I'm challenged with something. And I'm I'm determined and I'm stubborn. You know what I mean? I like to say, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm going like, to keep pushing until I figure this out. Almost out of spite. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I just keep pushing myself that way. Like with Photoshop, I was teased mercilessly about using GIMP. And um, Photoshop really was intimidating um, for a long time. I could do like three like minor things, like write my text out, you know what I mean? Move a graphic. And now I'm like doing so much more because I've watched videos on YouTube or just practicing. So definitely just... Remind yourself that everything you, you know today, at one point you didn't know how to do that. So um, that's my motivation. That's what pushes me through. Yeah. I love that. Do you also feel like you, um, what is the, I don't know the word. Um, like, cause some people just identify, like I know I say this about myself where I just feel like I'm not a graphic designer or I say things like that. Like I almost own it, like I'm not this. Do you ever do that or do you just say like, I'm not this yet? Or like, do you have any kind of like boxes that you put yourself in where you say you you aren't something or do you always just say like, I haven't learned that yet? No, I don't put myself, I think growing up, I was put in a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. You did at school, you know, my guidance counselor, I was like bottom of my class in high school and then totally killed it in college. Um, so I think I was put in enough boxes growing up um I was the fat kid do you know what I mean I was I wasn't that smart like things like that so now that I'm grown and I've raised a daughter on my own for the past you know 18 years um no I don't I don't believe in putting yourself in boxes your only I think the only thing that can hold you back is yourself so if I don't get me wrong sometimes like some self-doubt will creep in I mentioned in my year in review that because my income was coming in like from all these different places instead just from merch it kind of messed with my head a little bit like oh I'm not seeing you know that amount of money coming in just from merch so that rattled me a little bit but I'm like you know I'm just going to double down and make it up and balance it out and then when I saw everything on paper I'm like oh you're doing all right so um yeah I think your own worst you can be your own worst enemy but I think you're keeper of if you're going to stay in a box or not so break down the box and tell yourself otherwise and um just keep moving so 
do you feel like there was um, a progression of that thought process? Like you were, you know, maybe you, you were in boxes in high school and then like over time you got better at getting out of boxes or was there some kind of switch that happened where you're like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Like having my daughter, um, I mean, it came down to, I really didn't, it was really just me and her um, for the most part. The whole life. Um, so it really came down to, and I need to make sure I'm raising like the strong, badass young woman and just, I don't know, I guess just facing my fears. Um, that's really all I can contribute it to. Like I didn't have a choice, I guess. If I wanted to make more money um, when I worked at the bank or to, you know, keep changing jobs and like go up the ladder a little bit, um, it was on me. You know what I mean? So I had to do it for her. And I guess now that she's older, I, you know, I am doing it for myself too, but she was still, you know, in the forefront of my mind. So, and you could do the same for your dog. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Just whatever, whatever floats your boat. But that for me is my big motivator to overcome things like that. So. Yeah. I love that. Me too. And I think it's so true that like you have to have this bigger why of why you're doing stuff and and why you're gonna face your fears. So for you, it was your daughter, but it could be so many different reasons why. Um, but I think if you don't know why you're doing stuff, it's a lot easier to just get stuck somewhere. True, and just, true. Yeah. Maybe like just throw in the towel, but um, I, I'm a big like big picture looker. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. That's like why I like stayed away from in, like tiptoeing with infringement or staying away from parodies um, on merch because I'm thinking long term. Yeah, mm -hmm. I see what other people are putting up right now and have been, but I want to look long at the long term goal. And I think you can apply that to anything yeah. in your life. Like, look at the big picture. It might not be happening now immediately, but down the line. So. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. And I, I feel like I naturally do that. Look at the big picture, but I feel like most people don't. So do you have any tips for that of like how you can think about the big picture instead of just wherever you are right now? Um, I guess it's just a matter of my mindset is once I achieve one goal, I set something higher. Do you know what I mean? And this is how I operated for so many years. And it's a trained behavior. <laughs> don't get me wrong, um, where I don't believe in just being mediocre, like, I wouldn't be happy if I stayed at the same level personally. So I'm mm -hmm. constantly pushing myself to do more, to learn more, to take on more. Um, because I know down the line, I, A, I want my daughter to see that in me, so that she's doing that in her career. Um, but also because I just, I have my own set of goals. I want to just keep, keep growing, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Christina? You have any anything to add? Uh, nothing to add, but I've got questions that I'd okay. love to ask. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, tell tell us a little bit about how your processes have changed. So, I know you're kind of like a one woman show there. Right. Um, do you? And I think I know a couple of the designers that you use. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us? Um, do you still design a lot on your own? And, you know, what percentage do you outsource? 
Um, do you have any VA help? Just kind of things like that. And, and how has that progressed over time? I'm sure probably at the beginning, it was just you. But right. when did you decide to start, you know, letting other people help you out? Um, my first year of 2016, um, I didn't invest anything in merch until I was making consistently $1,000 a month. Um, in August of that year, I found Adam, a uh, t-shirt fellow, and he, you know, he didn't have all the fancy bells and whistles, you know, whistles, website or anything like that. And I had purchased like, I don't even know how I found him. I think he commented on a post somewhere and he did like a hundred designs for me. Um, and that was really like the start of outsourcing and they were great designs. So I started working with him closely, you know, going forward, but with the exception of 2018, I definitely say it was about uh, 70 to 80% my own and then outsourcing the rest to Adam and then eventually Cosm as well. Um, and this past year, I probably outsourced, I mean, like, God, probably like 60% of my work because I had so much going on between Etsy and KDP plus merch, trying to rebuild my eBay store. So it was like something has to give. Um, so I did end up outsourcing more. I did have a VA um, and she would do like minor things like push things out from Printful onto Etsy for me. And then I would just go and get Vila and you know do the appropriate changes. Um, I had to redo keywords for me and KDP, never let her near my merch account. Um, but I ended up having to let her go in August um, she just started lying about like everything and I haven't had time to um, find somebody else to take her place at this point. I would like the extra help just for things like downloading fonts or, you know, doing some like light research, stuff like that, but, or administrative tasks, but I just haven't had the time to hire somebody and scream and train. So, so this year though, I do plan to you know, like flip it back to what it had been with, with me doing the bulk of the designing and then just outsourcing minimal. So, okay. That's great. And when you, when you outsource the designs to, let's say Adam, mm -hmm. um, do you give him any sort of idea um, as far as like the niches that you're looking for? Or you, do you just kind of let him sort of run wild and say, you know, just give me what you got, you know? No, I mean, I'll, yeah, I, we work on spreadsheet and then I'll just give, I do do a lot of niche work with him um, and I'll tell him like a certain phrase that I might want or a certain theme, but he, he and I work best when he just like runs with it. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Sometimes I'm very specific and I'm like, you know, I want this particular design to have, you know, this additional, you know, graphic incorporated into it. Like if I'm doing like a graduation design or something. Um, where I'm a little bit more descriptive, like for high school, for college, you know, a boy versus a girl. But for the most part, yeah, I'm giving them the niche, giving them the title or the theme, you know, it's, and then letting him go wild with the design. So, and we just work really well that way together. So, okay, great. And um, another question for you. Um, what, you, you don't have to go into details, but what what sort of um, resources do you use for research? 
So, and is it the same when you're researching for KDP and Merch by Amazon, or do you look at uh, different types of sources to research each one? For KDP, I definitely use Google a lot, um, and I'm really drilling down to learn about that interior. And then I'm also drilling down to learn more about the cover and the niche that I'm going into, um, whichever customer, like depending on the design, if it's, you know, floral, do you know what I mean? Or like shabby chic or something like that. I'm going to lean more towards um, researching that kind of information. Whereas with merch, you know, for the most part, I'm pretty niche down. I'm pretty evergreen. Um, so I do use Google a lot. I do use, excuse me. Um, I use like different social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, just to really look at that niche, see if there's any slang or phrases or themes that might be new that I might not have been aware of previously. And a lot of it I still go to nut for merch. I really do. Um, it comes easier to me. It's, it comes down to a matter of knowing what I have to design and then just kind of letting it flow. Do you know what I mean? So. That's how I operate. Okay. So you do mostly evergreen. Do you um, do you sometimes jump on trends or or focus on holidays or things like that, or um, do you mostly focus on evergreens? Um, I'm big on evergreens just because I want to be able to not have dry spells. I don't believe in January slump. I don't believe in September. You know, like summer slump. Because there's literally, especially with the t-shirt business, there's literally something that you can put up that can appeal to somebody 365. Do you know what I mean? Those mm -hmm. opportunities are endless. Very, very rarely I will jump on a trend. Um, I mentioned in my review that um, I really don't have a lot of time to pay attention to things like that. Um, I did well with like the 2016 election. Um, I did very well with the 2016 election, but I'm a little hesitant to go deep with 2020 just because towards the end tail of 2016 we're getting a lot of takedowns mm -hmm. you know from the campaign so there's a gray area I think when you're doing stuff like that that I'm I'm just too nervous about doing personally so so evergreens yes I do holiday um, and then very very specific niche um, designs as well. That's a good point to bring up with the elections. Like I was wondering, like whenever Trump is no longer president, whether it's this election or the next election or whenever, I was just wondering if I should just preemptively take down shirts. Um, because isn't it where if they're not president anymore, it's like there was takedown, weren't there takedowns of, I don't know, or what's your thoughts on that? Um, like I said, it's a very gray area that yeah. isn't like a, full set of rules out there as far as like merch is concerned and the content policy, how to exactly go about it. I received some takedowns like towards the end from like Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton. I know a lot of people got takedowns for Trump um, when he started like trademarking like everything. So I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know the exact rule. I would, you know, I'm sure some of the other group leaders would know, but I don't. So yeah. I'm kind of steering clear a little bit. So I've been very hesitant to do too much with anybody's names, even with election stuff. But I know that's like missing a lot of stuff because right, election shirts right, sell right. so well. So it's it's a, it's a kind of a difficult balance. But I feel like once someone's not in the 
presidential role anymore or something like that. I, I think I'm just going to take down my shirts before they're taking taken down. Right, right, right. Or just yeah. see how things, you know, like happen, I guess, for the first month or so after. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's all, we're all learning this together. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Um, I do have another kind of a workflow question for Amy. Okay. So, um, Maybe you can talk a little bit because I know it's it you know it's hard to manage everything you've got merch by Amazon and KDP and Etsy and I'm not sure if you still do eBay but you might have that as well. What does your week look like or how do you kind of make sure that you're focusing on each thing? Is it sort of separated by day by week? Do you do blocks of time each day or you know just talk a little bit about your workflow? Um, I struggled with my workflow in 2018. See, I struggled too, guys, just like yeah. you. Um, when I started taking on, first of all, when I learned how detailed I really needed to be for Etsy, um, it like really started to soak up a lot of my time. So I had a habit of trying to do as much as I could in one store and then moving to merch, doing some eBay, you know, and I was just spreading myself out too thin where I would find like just focusing on one platform or one store per day was ideal. What I'm doing now that there's more automation available, um, I am doing like a big spreadsheet for the month because I do use BookBook Uploader, um, RIP for new subscribers, but um, where I do one big spreadsheet a month and I have all of my patterns and my designs and my like whatever interior I'm working off of set so that the weekly upload limit is a thousand. So if I happen to have, you know what I mean, that much, I allot it out. So I have those spreadsheets ready to go. And then as far as merch goes, I'm making a priority, like how much of my day is spent on merch. Um, my day starts with eBay because I have to process my orders. And same with Etsy, I have to process my orders. Um, with Etsy, for the most part, my two main stores, are pretty self-sufficient at this time. I put in like all of the work that I possibly could this past year to get them where they are. Where now it's just a matter of, you know, adding a couple new designs here and there as they become available um, where I can shift my focus back to merch. But I'm just trying to use a timer sometimes. Um, I don't have like this perfect A1 business model as far as how I spend my day. Um, but a lot of it has to do with, I know it has to be done each week. Um, I've been doing this long enough and I'm really good at multitasking. Um, so my day could be different every day, but I'm still getting the necessities out of the way that have to be taken care of and making sure that I fit in. Maybe it means working an extra couple hours. Do you know what I mean? In order to get that handled. But I do think that if you're making like a to-do list um, and you're focusing on it, you, you really kind of accomplished everything that you need to. So awesome. Great answer. And Henry, I just wanted to address Henry's question. He was saying like, when we were talking about election stuff, he's like, do you mean you put up infringing stuff? It's not really, it's not infringing when someone's running for public office because it's a public public position. I'm just saying when they're not a public in public office anymore, when they go back to being a regular citizen, that's when it starts to become gray area because the shirt is regarding when they were in public office, but now they're a private citizen. So it gets a little tricky, like you're referring to them in public office, but now they're private. So 
we'll see how Amazon handles all of that. But I was just saying, you know, once the person goes back to being a private citizen, I may take down the shirts just preemptively because they're not in public office anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and guys, I'm so sorry. There's so many questions and comments. So thank you guys so much. <laughs> I don't know, Christina, have you seen any that, um, um, that we haven't gotten to? No, not really. Um, a lot of them are kind of general questions. Um, one person did have a question about outsourcing design work. And um, do you pay per design? Um, or I guess the alternative would be, do you pay per hour, maybe? No, I pay per, uh, per design. Um, and a lot of times I'll even ask Adam to like do a PSD for me um, so that I can scale it out. Um, I don't know if he like does that for everybody. You know what I mean? We go back. For yeah. Girls, but, um, I that like might be a... And that's a little bit more expensive, obviously. But that allows me to, like, if I am going to scale a series out, like maybe birthday or whatever, um, or like occupation, stuff like that, that allows me the opportunity to do that. But no, I definitely pay per design. So, And the bigger the package, obviously, the better the pricing. So I think that's true with everybody for the most part. So Exactly. Um, I saw if I do affiliate market, marketing. <laughs> And what percentage of my income is it now? Um, yeah, I do do some affiliate marketing. I got some slack for it this past year um, because I hadn't done that for the past, you know, three, four years ago, Boss has been around. But That's why I was so surprised when people were giving you trouble for it. I'm like, Amy literally, like, never did it before. <laughs> no, but I got a lot of shit for it. So, um I started doing it a little bit this past year because I finally realized like you guys know because you're doing it too. Like the time that you have to put in to vet the product, vet the person, write the posts up, keep the posts like moving, answer any, you know, private messages and stuff like that. That does take like a decent amount of your time. I'd say overall for affiliate marketing, like as far as my income is concerned, less than 3%. If that, I think I jumped on the affiliate train. Um, last year for I know like Merchant Former, um the Etsy challenges and KDP challenges, but um regardless I still hold the stance that um I don't let everything in. Do you know what I mean? Like that's one I'm very, very protective of the group in that regard. I don't give a shit if they're like offering me three hundred dollars, you know, in affiliate money per offer if it isn't beneficial to the girls or to if it's shady or shicey, I don't know the people. I do know the people, but I'm not really thrilled with their product. I'm not going to promote. So if it's something that I'm promoting, um, yeah, sometimes I am getting affiliate money, um, like $1.50. Do you know what I mean? Here in <laughs> I think people think it's way more than it ends up actually. Yeah, so, um, yes. yeah, so I saw that question. Um, I wanted to ask if I scale a little. Yeah, Melinda was asking if you, what is the best process of scaling and do you scale designs? Okay, um, I don't use a script. I'm not that techie. Um, <laughs> but no, it's really, it's a painstaking process. If I am going to scale something out where I'm changing like a certain line of text, saving it, you know what I mean? Deleting that, moving that on. It's not the most efficient or effective way. Um, the only thing that I might automate is 
um, that I do know how to do in Photoshop is just if I need to resize stuff in bulk, um, I might run it through, you know, an automate script in Photoshop. So, but other than that. That would be a good incentive to learn Photoshop. I really want to learn all the scripts in Photoshop because it's amazing what, what what's available through that. That's the only script I know. So I think I'm going to have to dig in. And I, I, I would recommend it this year. Learn all about it because I know it's, Photoshop is very powerful. There's a lot of stuff you could do there. It really is. And the new version that came out, it's just everything's so much easier, I think. Um, yeah. A lot of things have been updated. Um, yeah. um, Teresa had a question, too, about what sticker supplier you use. Um, I use Spoke Products. They're part of uh, Printify. Um, I have not had any issues with them. I know a lot of people have issues with Printify in general. But I found that um, their non-apparel products, including blankets, um, print very well, and I get very good reviews from them. So, awesome. and it's Spoke S P O K E. Yeah. So I think they're the only current um, sticker provider on Printify as it. Okay. Um, but I did have one woman who bought like I don't know two or three stickers from me, and then came back and placed an order for 150. So that she's using for her business. So I've ordered stickers for myself that I just to check, test the quality. They're like a um, window. Am I running out of time? I'm sorry. Like oh, a, no, no. There's no time limit. Okay. They're, they're like a vinyl, uh, like kind of like a window clean um, material. So nice. very nice. Very nicely printed. So spoke. Okay. Thank you. I'll have to try that. I haven't tried them. No, stickers are great. Stickers make up a lot of my sales on Etsy. So definitely look into it. So. Yeah. Um. Oh, thank you, Melinda. I, I, I'm, we've been so focused. I haven't even been showing comments. <laughs> Melinda's oh. saying thank you. Melinda's awesome. She is. Oh, everybody in the chat. We have such good people in the chat tonight. Yes. I think everybody in the community is great. I really do. I think everybody um, brings a lot to the table. And I think for the most part, everybody's pretty helpful yeah. with each other and wants to see others grow and such. I do too. I, I know a lot of people think there's a lot of negativity and I know there's some, but to me, it's it feels a lot less than a lot of other e-commerce communities. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, oh, Ecom Chicago saying thumbs up. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we—that's one of the things I have on my list to talk to Christina this week. I'm like, we gotta remember to say thumbs up, and then I forgot again. <laughs> Please subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Give Amy a thumbs up. Amy, I can. I'm so happy that you are on the show. Oh well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No. So I'm closing it bad. I didn't. I was pretty nervous, but um, thank you making it a little bit easier so. yeah. <laughs> and it's just one more thing you've pushed through it's, yeah. it's amazing you're so inspirational and I think that's one thing that like we forget is like you know sometimes I you know worry when I don't know how to do something or whatever but it's it's actually encouraging for other people when I run into things I can't do and then I learn it and then I'm able to do it later it's like you know we're all just human trying to learn right no one's special you know what I mean? Just, I, I think mindset plays a big role in it. Yes. And mindset is definitely something that I am 
continually trying to get better at. Um, I think like, I know I've talked about in the past, like I've, I've had depression and all different things. Um, but it's, it's so exciting now because so many people just refer to me as positive and I'm like a positive person. And I'm like, yay, <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> so I, I think all of you out there could learn to be positive, learn to have a growth mindset, learn to push past obstacles and, you know, accomplish anything you want to accomplish. Yes. And thank you both for everything you guys do in the community. Um, I think it's great to have more like women leaders um, in these groups because it's not it's not that common. Um, so it's it's great. It's great. So and no offense to the guys. It's just sometimes you know, it's nice to see other female entrepreneurs like really trying to lift other people up. So and you guys do an awesome job of that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's been a really great last like five years or so. Like when I first started FBA in 2014, it was like very, very few women in, in any kind of Amazon at all, <laughs> any kind of uh, conference I went to or anything like that. It was like very noticeable that I like was one of the only women there. But now it's like when I go to conferences, it almost feels like 50, 50, like it's a lot more women. Yes, absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, so guys, any last questions? Any last things you want to say, Amy? Um, just thank you for anybody that listened. I hope I helped someone with something. And thanks <laughs> for having me on the show. I, I know you helped people and you, you help people all the time. And guys, if you're, if you, I think all of you know Amy already, but if you don't, her, um, she runs a merch girl boss group and that is linked in the comments or in the uh, description of the video and then there's also a, a facebook page that's co-ed it could be anybody on the facebook page um so that's linked as well so then you could follow amy amy do you think that you're gonna do it any youtube channel for i know you guys have a youtube channel i think we do we, do. we just haven't done anything with it well amy and then heather i know yeah. it's a great channel <laughs> I've never gone live on it. Um, I, mind, I don't know. I didn't mind doing my year in review. Um, I think I just, just kept talking. So that seemed to work well yeah. at the time. But I don't know. I mean, it depends what everybody's planning to do this year. But it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Yeah. I prefer writing, though, um, more than anything. So definitely more posts. But yeah. Well, if you do decide to do some YouTube videos, I think that would be very exciting. And I uh, will definitely look forward to listening to those. Um, but of course, your your posts are always so inspirational and, and you've helped me and you've helped uh, everyone in the community. So thank you very much. All right, thanks for having me, guys. All right, well, thanks, guys. Um, if anybody's in Columbus or anywhere nearby, uh, we have that meetup this Saturday. And then uh, other than that, we'll be back next, next Monday. Yeah. Right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much, Amy. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you.